those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. It's uh, such a pleasure to be here uh, with such an incredible personality. Um, we're talking about someone who is uh, extremely charismatic and uh, extremely charming. Uh, and at the same time, uh, uh, he's got his own charisma going on right here. Uh, this great character I'm about to introduce, he is uh, the master of uh, virtual reality and uh, he has his hands into therapeutic virtual reality right now through the companies called Epionia and Digit. In fact, he is the president of the Mercy Production Studios Digit and Epionia. Raise your hands for Daniel Sampierre. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing very good, thank you. Welcome in. Uh, this is uh, uh, the space, the lobby for everybody in the film industry to talk about what they do and what they love doing. Absolutely. So the first thing I want to ask you is, uh, how did you end up here in Vancouver making what you're doing? Oh, that's an interesting story. Um, I ran a, a mobile development studio for the last decade uh, back in Montreal and uh, decided at some point in time that uh, I wanted to sell that and kind of retire type of thing. And a few months in, then I realized, hey, it was way too young for that. So decided to, uh, I don't know, look at some of our opportunities out there. And uh, one thing led to another. I'm a huge mountain bike fan, so love mountain biking. And of course, you know, BC being the capital of the world of mountain biking. Um, I guess I was uh, a go from there. <laughs> awesome. Sounds great. So let's dive into therapeutic VR right away. People are curious. People want to know what therapeutic VR is and what is it? It sounds so cool. It sounds so interesting. It sounds like the future of healing. Why don't you take us through it? Sure thing. Um, it's actually very um, interesting. Uh, basically, what we do is we use virtual reality to alleviate pain and anxiety primarily. Um, so that's based on uh, different colors, different sounds, um, different virtual reality experiences that we could put together and kind of help with those uh, clinical anxiety, essentially. Um, and then uh, we just go from there. Um, and uh, so we do a lot of work around that and a lot of work around Alzheimer's and dementia um, and traditional things like fear of heights and so on and so forth. So Awesome. Yeah. That definitely sounds like the future <laughs> of healing right there. Uh, Daniel, I want to ask you first, just to give a little perspective, you know. Yes. Who are you and where do you come from? How did you get into this world? Okay. Um, I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, left there. I was about early 10 years old or so. Uh, moved to Montreal and from there got very interested in everything around healthcare and uh, always been involved in something around healthcare in some way, shape or form. Uh, either like helping out a neighbor that's in need or essentially working um, with some doctors that were close friends to us, cleaning their clinics and doing all sorts of things like that. So um, and uh, over time, I decided to start companies. Um, I'm a tech. I, I like to start tech companies, essentially. And uh, once I got old enough to do my own thing, I uh, decided to start businesses around that and kind of help in any way, shape, or form that we can. And uh, yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. so. Lots of lightning. So like a really warm heart, but at the same mm -hmm. time, a brain that, that's, that seeks that technology. Absolutely. And putting that together, therapeutic VR. Wow, so good. It's so interesting because I actually met for the first time Daniel at the Vancouver Web Fest. So shout out to the Vancouver Web Fest. And he was there explaining and basically taking people through uh, this little exercise or how can we call it? Maybe a little game? Yeah. little exercise? Yeah, absolutely. It's what we call our plank challenge. Um, of 
of course, when we do events like that, it's all about fun and games. But the idea is to show people how we could actually uh, use some of those games, for example, in this plank challenge to help with fear of heights. So basically somebody that cannot enter an elevator, we're going to walk through that journey. And once they've accomplished that, then uh, we're going to ask them to walk a plank. And uh, it's all that is in virtual reality, but it's very, very realistic for people. Um, as you you know, <laughs> I actually went through it and I can tell you guys such an incredible experience because it's, uh, it, I mean, perception is everything we have in the end to access the outside world. And when you play with that and when you find the right balance of inf information to give or not to give and how to give it, you can really uh, shift and, and shape someone's mind in, in a different way. It's, it was was extremely powerful. Uh, do you guys have any other sort of exercise or uh, activity that you guys do, sort of like the, the, the plank, but approaching other aspects sort of mental? Yes, absolutely. Um, some of the stuff that we do is around pain and anxiety. So we have a series of applications that are, uh, when it comes down to game, it's a little bit, uh, not to game, but to pain. We're going to use a little bit more game gaming uh, approach to um, helping them out. Uh, again, the idea is not to heal somebody using the virtual reality, but to actually use virtual reality to kind of like take their mind off of whatever they're experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. And that actually helps with pain. So we have a few games in the works and a few games that we've been using. Uh, they're primarily like infinite runner games um, and things like that. Uh, they, they come down with a very specific uh, approach when it comes down to those games it's not your traditional shooter game or anything like that those in fact actually don't work as therapeutic vr type of solutions um so they're very very uh well thought of uh, there's science behind that it's not just a bunch of geeks that are developers <laughs> and start creating these things so no it's all backed up by neuroscience psychologists uh, some nurses and all sorts of medical professionals um so yeah we'll use some gaming for when it comes down to pain and we're going to use a little bit more discovery applications and uh, meditation when it comes down to anxiety. Um, those have been known to uh, be very, very effective uh, when it comes down to clinical anxiety. We could show that uh, our solution will reduce anxiety up to 50 to 60% in like less than five minutes. Type wow, that is incredible statistics <laughs> right there. Absolutely. Well, we're going to actually get into the engine and how the engine works uh, right after the break. This is, of course, the soundtrack of Ready Player One. And I want to ask you, Daniel, why did you choose the soundtrack of Ready Player One for today's interview? Um, basically because it, it that song has been following me. Um, it's pretty much the first song that I discovered as a kid. I was about seven years old when it came out, and it was my first record ever. And, uh, mm. yeah, it's been following me ever since, and I strongly believe everything that's in there. Sounds great. Then here we go. Bruce Springsteen, stand on it. Since I'm ready for she had to 
stand on it. The soundtrack of Ready Player One chosen by our guest Daniel Sampierre. And we just get into the engine of virtual reality and augmented reality because it's also augmented reality, if I'm not wrong. Absolutely. It, it, now, people tend to confuse the two, virtual reality and augmented reality, or they might not even know the difference. Could you give us a little bit of... Sure thing. Um, virtual reality is more me taking your body and immersing you into this experience. So usually you put goggles on and uh, I rebuilt the 360 degree experience for your brain, essentially. Uh, that's virtual reality. Uh, augmented reality is all about adding layers to your current reality so a little bit like um i'm pretty sure everybody's familiar with pokemon go where you actually open your phone and now suddenly i see the real world and i start adding layers onto that real mm -hmm. world so th that's the big difference between augmented reality and virtual reality definitely two very different things but Absolutely. uh there is a there is such a uh, such a great momentum for both of those mm -hmm. happening right now where do you see it happen where do you see it go for the next five years um a lot of pain um <laughs> us creating that technology and bringing it together is going to be very very hard it's been very hard for the last three years already uh three to five years uh, a lot of people have been uh, working on um so so I, I think that the next five years will be game changer in a lot of industries thanks to those technologies. Um, virtual reality uh, is soon to become mainstream for what, you know, some of those big companies out there would like for it to happen. Um, so I think that, yeah, the next five years, all that will finally become mainstream, although it's been there for many, many, many years and a lot of how far aspects. How far does it actually reach? What do you mean? How far does it the reach? first the first uh, signs of actual virtual reality? When when did it happen? Um, the, the first few signs happened in the I would say early eighties, um, all the way down to like yeah probably beginning of 80s 82 something like that um, where you had like these helmets and these big 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 kits that would be like room size type of computers and things like that so yeah it goes all the way down to there of course it changes quite a bit uh, ever since um, everybody has been focusing on trying to reduce the size of the equipment and all that good stuff making it more appealing for the end user and more practical in some way so yeah Sounds great right there. It's, uh, it's uh, such a pleasure to have someone like you talk about the future. Thank you. Literally, right here uh, on 101.9 FM. And uh, it's uh, the, greatest, uh, the greatest thing about all this is that we are all going towards it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people don't realize it, how already it's embedded in like businesses and stuff like that. Uh, people are still, most of the people out there are still questioning, hey, is this going to go somewhere and so on and so forth. Uh, I got some good news for you guys. It's out there. It's being deployed. It's being used like some real case studies out there. Um, so, yeah, everybody should embrace it more than try to kind of get away from it type of thing mm -hmm. it is here to stay um a lot like i said a lot of industries will benefit from it so mm -hmm. yeah and i strongly believe that so beautiful wonderful world Woohoo! all right let's get uh <laughs> now, now i really want to I'm, I'm really curious about the therapeutic aspect of vr yes. right now and i'm actually very curious about the whole process on how you guys treat the patients and how you welcome them to the idea of vr Okay. Um, that, that's actually um, very, very challenging to us. Um, of course, it's something that people are not used to when it comes down to therapeutic whoop, virtual reality. What the hell is that and how does that come together? Um, so basically, our approach is to initially uh, take more of an approach of entertainment with them um, to get them to understand what's virtual reality, how it works. Uh, we get them into VR. We get them to try some of our experiences and and within a minute or two, I mean, their attitude has completely changed towards the technology and they're embracing it. And they're actually, some of them are actually begging for it because mm. they could see that potential within a minute or two of what we're doing. Um, and they realize that it's completely different than everybody out there. We're not gamers. We're not developers. Actually, we don't really care about those things. Mm -hmm. uh, what we care about is to help as many people as we can using you know, a drug-free alternative, essentially. Awesome. Is there a practical example or a memory that really uh, proved to you that this is the future of healing? 
Yes. Um, actually, I have quite a few of those, but I'll take a cancer patient we worked with uh, about two years ago. Um, is basically a patient that has cancer, breast cancer, um, and through her chemo t- treatments and things like that, she had like a really hard time uh, going through the treatment. Uh, sleeping was a real, real pain for her. Um, and throughout even like when she was doing her chemo treatments, it would be painful. You know, seeing everybody walking around, it would become very, very stressful for her. Um, so basically, we uh, offered her to try our virtual reality experience. And um, it was supposed to be for three days. Um, and we worked with her for three months. So <laughs> nice. it gives you an idea of how effective it was. Um, we actually help her sleep uh, a lot better than she ever did throughout her entire treatment. Um, so we had came up, essentially, uh, our doctors and her have came up with some sort of um, plan, if you will, to use our product throughout the day, two or three times a day, X amount of time. And then we started evaluating, hey, does this make a difference uh, for the patient and stuff like that and uh, she would always come back and it's like yeah man I had the best night in a long time I feel good I'm not stressed out about my treatment today that's wonderful you know having some that type of feedback from mm-hmm. a patient absolutely that must be such a wonderful feeling such a wonderful whew, saturation within you you know so it is it sounds great is, is there though a moment in your overall on your overall experience, you know, mm-hmm. that marked you specifically or that led you into this path of healing? Um, I, I think it's a little bit of my background. Um, I've been working a lot with pharmaceuticals for the last decade, and uh, I used to train physician, nurses, and uh, medical professionals like that. Um, so I'm already, I was already aware of some of the challenges that they would go through and things like that. And uh, patience to me is very, very important. Um, I think that I'm the type of guy personally that doesn't take any medication for anything. Um, so I'm always looking for an alternative to kind of treat myself. Of course, if I have to, for whatever reason, I'm willing to do what it, you know what I need to, to do, take pills or drugs or anything like that. Um, but if I could avoid it, uh, I will at all costs, essentially. So, And uh, through my transition after selling my other company, um, I wanted to create something that will would actually make a difference to a lot of people, uh, not just today, but in the years, decades, if not the centuries to come. Uh, and that's pretty much how my mindset was when I decided to come up with something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a revolution up in here, everybody. Keep your ears <laughs> open for Daniel Sampier and Digit right there. Um, now, the great thing about uh, this healing process is that it can uh, is not only a, a, about healing anxiety, but it, it reaches further as well. Uh, uh, making a little research, I saw on your website also phobias and yes. uh, phobias and, and and you know many other dementia, Alzheimer's, many other uh, mental states uh, can be healed. How about exploring those other fields? Is there a different approach uh, that you guys have when treating different men- mental states? Um, there is different approach um, depending on what type of things we're doing. Uh, for example, we have uh, we've been working on sensory rooms and things like that for people that have dementia, high intensity dementia or Alzheimer's, um, which we find that if we use a sensory room in combination with a virtual reality experience, uh, we get better results a lot faster and um, they're a lot more sustainable also. So what happens is essentially we tap in different areas of the brain simultaneously uh, throughout the sensory equipment and then once that is done, then we get into virtual reality and then we could be even more precise on which part of the brain that we want to tackle based on what's the actual condition of that patient and what's their current state so we would do a lot of work with current states so depending on where you're at uh, we might have a different approach absolutely that, again all this is scientific right it's not a bunch of techies that develop <laughs> yeah, just yeah, want to yeah. be clear out there yeah of course <laughs> getting that science up in there and that's beautiful that, that's why it has such a strong base you know yes when science uh, comes to support healing mm-hmm. we definitely get the best results and the beauty is that here you have a little bit of sparkle and technology that really make everything happen and, and functions yes. as a glue that really makes everything happen 
Um, Absolutely. The augmented reality, though, mm-hmm. uh, becomes a little bit of a different story. And I know that, that you also have experience with augmented reality. And, yes. And uh, also for marketing. Could yes. be such a, how about a little bit about that? Talking a little bit about sure that. It's so tasty right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Augmented reality is this buzz keyword right now where everybody flips, uh, especially the people in the marketing space. And that's why I got Digit uh, that focused just on that. Um, and basically, it, it's the art of keeping the user engaged uh, through something that he will remember forever. Um, and that's where we use augmented reality. We do use virtual reality also, um, depending on what type of experience we want to broadcast out there. Uh, but augmented reality, I have did a lot of work uh, over the years um, with pharmaceuticals uh, for the last decade, although people didn't know about augmented reality <laughs> I was already at the forefront of the technology and already creating like some pretty impressive like presentations and things like that uh, for example you know you could have like this heart in 3d on your desk from your iPad but there's actually no physical heart there and a doctor could actually uh, talk to his patient and propose different types of medication and actually see in real time like what would be the effect of that medication on the heart as of today how you know on its current state so it's basically um, like having a hologram right there it's like yes, a, yes, it's absolutely such a it's it's the future man it's right here man it's like wow it's, it's incredible like right here. but the uh, the the challenges of that do you require specific uh, uh, access to the space Uh, mounting, pre-mounting objects or... No, absolutely not. Uh, We use what we call spatial data. Okay. So basically, uh, we take data, you know, in the traditional form of 2D and now we apply it to your environment, your space. So basically what that means is I could be taking, for example, um, a light pole on a street and kind of wrap something around it um, in augmented reality. So I take my physical space, my my physical objects on top of that, um, and kind of animate it or do whatever type of magic we will want to do with it. And what is the process of the projection of that information? Um, the process happens through your phone, so it's primarily a nap. And I say phone again; it, you know, it applies to tablets also. Uh, but essentially, it's uh, graphics that will appear on your phone and from there it's 2d or 3d animations or graphics that we would actually put together mm-hmm. and that's again it's tricking your eyes and your brain to believing that what he's seeing is kind of real in some way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so just to clarify this is almost like seeing through the camera of the phone the the, th- the three-dimensional objects correct that that live in the space yes absolutely awesome. That that's uh, that's incredible, you know. Like things are, are going ahead so quickly, and when mm-hmm. we will find a way to even dig deeper into our senses, probably we will be able to create actual 3D holograms without having the need of cameras and, and, and goggles. Um, those days are very very close, people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's in laboratories. It is ready. It's a type of technology that's out there already. Um, I just think that we're just not ready as people to kind of see them all come through. So we have to take it one step at a time. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably the first time they're gonna they're gonna do a screening or an exhibition of that. It's almost gonna be like the first time they screen a movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. People start running around. Oh, oh, oh you know. I, I, I truly feel that we are gonna we're about to approach that yes, moment very very much and it's going to change the way we tell stories dramatically yes, yes. you know there is a responsibility also as storytellers mm-hmm. um, you know to advance the media the medium and this the, the, the next these mediums that we're talking about even right now can really change the way we look at stories absolutely how do you think virtual reality and augmented reality can actually go and and take the space of cinema. This is a little bit of a of a stingy question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I find it very interesting to see um, the direction that it's taking uh, right now when it comes to VR, AR, and movies and all that. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch very closely in the next five years and see where that's going to go. Um, Personally, I like the idea. I just think that we're not capitalizing on it as much as we should. 
when it comes down to the technology and its capabilities, uh, they're way, way, way beyond just presenting a movie in a traditional sense for me. Um, so I'm very excited to see how that whole industry will forge itself in the next five years and kind of like take it to the next level yeah we're at the 360 degree videos and things like that right now um but i think that yeah if you take it a step further and you bring holograms and mixed reality and augmented reality and you combine all those things um i think now we're going to be able to create like these experiences again it's all about immersive experiences right so we'll be able to i think create these experiences that are going to be a lot more um interactive with the end user i think that's one piece that's missing right now um, when it comes down to movie and VR and AR. Mm-hmm. And I think that the more people are going to discover the technology and its capabilities, I think we're going to start seeing more of those interactions, which I believe um, as a cinema enthusiast myself, I believe that's one thing that the cinema and movies has always missed is how to engage the end user within its experience Mm. now we figured out with vr how to bring them into the center of the uh, the experience itself but now it's going to be all about discovering how we could actually make that person interact with the movie and Mm -hmm. kind of like change its outcome based on what are the actions that one person would do throughout the movie that interactivity the aspect of interaction is probably what Movies have been lacking in comparison to video games, maybe. Yes, I strongly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, although I don't have any interest in video games per se, uh, but I, I think that that's the one of the little component that's been missing in movie and uh, is going to be like there today, right? It's like mm-hmm. people don't know it because they haven't seen it. They don't know it because they haven't played with it. Mm. But once they start discovering, they might say, oh, well, you know what? That's what's been missing all these years and all the cool movies I've seen or so yeah, on Yeah, so that far. aspect of interaction that truly yes. makes it a, a play, you know, a, yes. an, a, an event of play. And that's the only way we can evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. play is the key of, of evolving, right? There you go. And in, in connecting that interaction with entertainment, entertainment becomes more than entertainment in itself. Mm-hmm. It becomes education. Yes. Where do you believe that that education can heal, at least now in the 21st century, right? The world has found its own balance in chaos. You know, so many things are happening. Yeah. Um, no, I, I strongly, uh, I'm all for education. Um, I do invest a lot of my personal time in educating myself regularly. Um, I think that it's one of the big, big thing that our world is missing today um, is learning to live in chaos is one thing. But what if we could actually learn to get away from that chaos and build something that makes sense instead of chaos Mm. um i think it's cool in some way that we have this chaos because that brings you know original ideas out there but at the same time i think it slows down a lot of people and a lot of evolution just because of that chaos Mm -hmm. so i think that the more educated we are and it doesn't have to be on something very very specific here um i think just education as a whole is very very important uh, regardless of what you do where you're at uh, how old you are male female it doesn't really matter the more educated our society will be i think the better decisions overall we could take as humans or at least we're taking smart decision we could say <laughs> mm-hmm. so the chaos chaos is uh, is creating a lot of friction nowadays and yes. uh, i feel Sometimes chaos is needed to find balance back in into order, mm-hmm. but I think we've we've gone too far right now. We're way too far. Two minutes, I, like I'm oh a man, bit like you on that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be a step ahead where mm. we shouldn't be at this mm-hmm. point. <laughs> but you, you as a as a as a character, it mm-hmm. seems to me that you're always trying to be a step ahead, and you always are in a way, even technologically speaking, right now with entertainment. Uh, how do you manage to do that? How do you manage to find that space of awareness? Um, education, education education um i read hundreds if not thousands of articles a year um i listen essentially to hundreds if not thousands of podcasts a year uh same thing with books um i ju- i'm just a very very curious type of person and uh i i never have enough knowledge 
if you will. So my brain is constantly looking to learn something, and I just agree with my brain to kind of like throw whatever it doesn't know. So、mm. if you don't know this, yeah, let's throw it in there, and at some point in time, it's going to make sense and it's going to be useful.、Uh, maybe not for me personally, but for somebody in my entourage or a friend or somebody I want to help.、Um, and I think that that allowed me to stay ahead of a lot of things.、Um, I. I'm not afraid to explore and dig very deep into things. This is some genuine curiosity right、Absolutely. here. Absolutely.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so easy to sit down and wait, but now Daniel goes for、oh, it. He's、no. exploring all area. <laughs> <laughs> We need this, you know. The, the community and society needs this、I、tremendously.、So. It's too, too easy to sit to sit back down, right? What is your piece of advice to the people out there to nurture their curiosity? You know what?、Um, I, I, one of my favorite brands out there is Nike, and I was always wondered why. And、um, I love their slogan, "Just do it."、Um, so I try to apply that to everything I do. It's how, regardless of how crazy the idea sounds or the resource that you don't have, regardless of that, just. Stand up and do it.、Uh, what's the worst that could happen, right? So I try to live by that, and I just stand up and do it. Whatever I think makes sense,、um, as long as it's morally correct and I'm not hurting anything or anybody.、Um, yeah, I'm all for it. And、mm-hmm. I think people should take a little bit more of an approach like that. A lot of times we just hold back ourselves、uh, for a million different reasons, but just do it. Just stand up and do it. And、mm-hmm. it's gonna make a difference. Yeah, it's it's that gut feeling that、uh, yeah, you know that whoo. Yeah. <laughs> do you? How do you manage to find the balance though between your heart, your guts, and your brain? Um, that's that that's a good question. Um, it, it's so much in my lifestyle today. Um, and it's embedded in everything I do, from mountain biking to the work I do. Um, I'm I'm always a hundred percent there, and I give my ho- my all. Um, and if it comes from my heart from the beginning, I mean it's in me. So I would say today it's pretty easy to keep that balance.、Um, I do have to have、um, some personal time off, if you will, or some personal time to myself, and that's where mountain biking comes in play.、Uh, people that do know me, I do spend a lot of time on the mountain,、um, and one of the big reasons for that is being able to clear my mind instantly. No questions asked. In fact, if I ask my questions, I might crash and I might hurt myself. So there's no questions there.、Uh, I just do it.、Mm-hmm. The、so. the this approach definitely gives a lot of momentum. Yeah, I can I can feel that. I can see that. I can see that. The 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 power of that momentum、uh, sometimes is 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 misused though. Don't you yes, think? Absolutely. Quite often, actually, and a lot of times, I think、um, it's going to be misused because people overthink things and will kind of bury themselves into that thinking. Which for me, no, it's I will apply the thinking that's necessary,、um, but I try to do everything I can not to overthink things and just get up and do it. Sounds great. You know we're gonna take a little break over here and join you later with the one minute pitch and the proofs questionnaire here on Room Tone.、Uh, this is Daniel Sampier with his companies Epionia and Digit about therapeutic VR. Catch you in a second to wrap this whole burrito up. See you later with Marvin Gaye. I heard it through the grapevine.
that was Marvin Gaye with I Heard It Through the Grapevine. What a character. Mm, Marvin Gaye, uh, such, a, such a powerful story also from himself, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it, gets, it gets a little bit too far if we reach into there, but tribute, big tribute to Marvin Gaye. Yeah, shout out to Marvin Gaye. Great soul. Thank you for joining us here on Planet Earth. Now... <laughs> Uh, let's go to the one-minute pitch. I say one-minute pitch. What do you say, Daniel? Should we give it a shot? Are you ready sure for the one-minute pitch? All right, all right, man. I'm gonna let's hit that clock. It. I'm gonna hit that clock. You ready? <laughs> all right, I'm hitting that clock. Going for it. All right. So, hey, that one-minute pitch. Very, very simple. Um, just stand up and do it. Just believe in your dreams um, and go for it. Uh, what I would like to say is um, around Digit, uh, we're doing some pretty amazing work when it comes down to marketing and uh, publicities and things like that using virtual reality, augmented reality. Um, so if you want to ever check it out, yeah, you're welcome to go check it out. Um, and also, shout out to Epionia. Uh, Epionia is one of our therapeutic VR solution, and uh, we've been doing amazing work with senior homes, dental offices, natural paths, um, and uh, a lot of different medical professionals, uh, pain clinics and stuff like that. Uh, so, and we're getting slowly into addictions and phobia, as we mentioned earlier. So we're looking forward to, uh, yeah, just crank it up and do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, beautiful words and beautiful passion. Lots of passion right there. You can see through the eyes of Daniel over here. Now, for the people who know about Room Tone here, we also go through the Proust questionnaire. Absolutely. Now, Proust, he wrote down 35 questions. We're going to choose five of those randomly and just spark some conversations with Daniel here about life and, all, and not only movies. Even if movies, movies are a way to explore life, sometimes we just go right to the juice and, and just to get to know a little bit more about each other and ourselves and, and life. So first question of the Proust questionnaire, the first question of the five questions is, I want to ask you, Daniel, this is a great question. What is uh, your most treasured possession? So this is something physical. Oh, my God. Um, oh, that's actually, you know what? It's pretty simple. It's my mountain bike. Mm, I nice. Ca I cannot live without a mountain bike. <laughs> I got four and I want 12. So. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Wow. Looking at your face when you said that. Wow. Very passionate about mountain bike. How did it all start with mountain biking? Um, I fell into it when I was a kid and uh, I'd never been able to get out of it. So, yeah, just... You know, again, just do it. Um, I like the idea. I grabbed the mountain bike and started throwing myself down mountains and never been able to stop. Is it something it, more related to the to the gravity of it? You know, the verticality of the game or maybe the bike itself? No, I think it, it, it's all about personal challenges. Um, I, I, I strongly think that anytime I arrive on a trail, it's going to be a challenge between myself and that trail. And I really, really like that challenge. Mm, I wonderful. I like challenge myself. So. Wow, great answer right there. Thank you for that, Daniel. Mount mountain biking, yeah. It's definitely a challenge every time. Now, second question of the Proust questionnaire. Woo! If you were to die and come back as a person or a thing, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, probably an ant. Mm. Yeah, an ant, I'd say. Okay. Um, just because it has this sense of community and hard work, and um, an ant for me doesn't question anything. It just does it, right? Mm -hmm. Regardless of what's the piece it needs to carry, it's just going to lift it on its shoulders and just go with it. So, yeah, I'd say an ant. Wow, that's uh, I never heard that answer before. That's uh, that's yours right there, man. 100% Daniel Sampier certified answer right there. there Not bad go. at all. Right on. Third question of the Proust questionnaire. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Um, my greatest achievement have to be my boys. Um, I got two kids, uh, 25 and 21. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's one of the best things, I, if not the best thing I did in my life. Mm. And, uh, yeah, just love it. Beautiful words and congratulations on being a father. By the way, Father's Day just yesterday. Yes. So there you go. Ch uh, shout out to all the fathers out there. Daniel, congratulations. And all fathers out there, congratulations. I mean, don't take it for granted, you know. Absolutely not. Raising kids and even to all families, you know, giving life to life, it's, it's a something. big task. And uh, lots of celebration and love going to all those parents out there. Now, going to the fourth question of the Proust questionnaire. 
which talent would you most like to have? Oh my god. Um damn the talent. Uh hmm. I'd love to to sing. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um I really not good at it. But, <laughs> don't uh, say that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't want to hear me sing, especially <laughs> not the audience, but yeah, if I I could try anything and say Yeah, that that's that's going to be something for me. I love music. I as much as I love mountain biking and technology. Um but it's one thing I'm really not good at and uh, so yeah, I would say probably singing. Oh, that's a that's a great one you said right there as well. Singing is definitely the ex- the ultimate expression of of the soul, you know? Yes. Those those vibes it's just coming from within, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever try to maybe uh, approach uh, some Quars or um, I did that when I was a kid um, to figure out that I'm really not a good singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Don't say that though. I think I think that it's just a matter of, of practicing, you yeah, know. I, I think so. Um, what really happened over time is really you know comes down to life choices and yeah. there's only so many things you could do and learn on your free time. Um, so yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, I can tell you, you have a you have an interesting timbre. You know, you have an interesting, uh, the, at least the way of, of communicating, you know, there is a dynamic there that is very, very uh, musical. There is musicality to it. Oh, nice. So you might not be singing as people say, oh, singing, you know, no, 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 no. Yeah, not a Beyonce but, type of singer. But communication <laughs> is a sing of itself. Yes. It's singing on, and it's just in a different shape. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I guess that's probably why I'm so attracted to VR and AR. Now I get to tell like, these amazing stories and, you know, put them together. So I think that my whole voice comes out through technology mm-hmm. more than through, you know, singing type of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- wonderful, wonderful. This is a uh, beauty. This is give me that saturation all the way up, please. I love it. Absolutely. Fifth question of the Proof Questionnaire. We're about to wrap up this whole episode. When and where were you happiest? When and where? Oh my god. It had to be somewhere on the beach in Florida, which has been a long, long time. But uh, a good memory that comes to mind is some good times that we had uh, with the kids in Florida on the beach uh, where the rest of the world is below 20 or below 30. And we're just, yeah, surfing and having a blast and just enjoying life in general. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a good memory. What me. was that, that feeling or that sense that you attached to that moment? Um, I would say a big sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, regardless, like when you start companies, you, you don't see where you're at sometimes. And just having that moment with my wife, my kids and just being able to enjoy life as much as we were at that time um, yeah I think it was a big big sense of accomplishment that I could feel inside like accomplishment very... key word right there accomplishment Absolutely. the a- accomplishment itself mm-hmm. when do you think people actually get to feel that in its in all its range um, I-, I think that's very hard for people to to kind of feel that um, I might be wrong um, at-, at least for me it was really hard to you know y- you start companies you built your life and things like that and then you get caught up in all this day-to-day stuff um, I-, I think it's when you take the time to just stop for a minute and take a deep breath and kind of look what you got and where you're at and then you realize that, hey, you might be a lot further than you anticipated or wanted to be at that time. And uh, so, yeah. That is a, that is a very uh, interesting, uh, capt- captivating uh, mm-hmm. uh, thought because many people always want to jump straight to the accomplishment itself. Yes, and uh, it's something. It's a great thirst, right? Yeah, oh, the yeah, accomplishment. Yeah. Ooh, absolutely. Be. But I think we're always in it to mm. a point that we don't really appreciate, or sometimes don't even see our own accomplishments, right? And uh, I think it's important to take that minute and just take a deep breath and look around. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, you know, these words are very inspiring, of course, to all the people out there. But it gets hard because sometimes you need to find your own balance, you know, yes, with, yes. Uh, you know, is it, you know, making yourself busy or not too busy you know there is a the, mm -hmm. the art of oh, being busy, busy itself you know <laughs> yeah the art of being busy right yeah what's your take <laughs> on that one um personally i i think it's a state of mind uh to be busy um i don't think we should uh, you know it's it's basically a choice um where you spend your time and what you do with your time um being busy for me is never a good sign i don't like to be busy that means i'm not smart um, <laughs> and i'm not working efficiently um i should never be busy i should be enjoying the things that i enjoy in life way 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 before anything else which if i do essentially i'm never going to be busy which is most of my life i've never been busy really i just enjoy everything i do and every minute of it Wonderful words from Daniel Sampier here. We just talked about therapeutic VR and augmented reality. Daniel Sampier representing, of course, his own companies, Digit and Epionia. You can find more in the links in the description of this podcast, both on iTunes and on, on private link. And of course, here on CIDR 101.9 FM radio show, uh, broadcasting here from Ancyrian Maskim land. Daniel, any final shout out before we wrap this whole episode up? Uh, thank you very much for the time. Really appreciate it and hope everybody will have a wonderful day. It's a pleasure. Lots of love for the people out there. In fact, this is uh, the final song of the soundtrack of Ready Player One. Earth, Wind and Fire can't hide love because we actually can't really hide love. There you go. See you. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Stop.